The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Welcome to the Modern Christian Men Podcast with your host, Kale Nelson. So thanks for coming by for another episode of Modern Christian Men, the podcast. Real quick before we get started, a big shout out to our friends Gary, Dave, Andy, Jim, and Sonny, man. Thank you guys so much for the contact, for the emails, and letting me know that you're enjoying the show, what we're doing here. There were more. I just don't have the list in front of me, but thank you. Those off the top of my head worked right. <laughs> thank you very much for letting me know that you like uh, like the program here, like what we've got going on, and hope that it's encouraging you. Hope that you're sharing it with someone who may be encouraged as well. Now, my name is Kale. The guy said that there in the intro, and I've been podcasting for almost three years. I came out of FM radio for about 10 years and just really wanted to connect with men regarding our faith in today's society. And I think today's show is really going to kind of touch on some of those things if you kind of put them all together. We're going to be talking about money. Now, we're not going to get crazy deep about money, and, and you know, it's nothing like preaching about tithing or anything, but there may be some tithing in there. But what I want to talk about is the money thing from a very broad perspective and what's kind of required for us as men regarding finances for our family and our future. So without further ado, let's get John Pugliano here and we'll uh, continue this conversation. All right, so welcome into the program, a friend of mine, a fellow amateur radio operator as well. Uh, got to hang out with him last year at a big ham radio convention, had a lot of fun. Uh, he's more than that. He's, he's, uh, he was in the Marines. He's an entrepreneur. He's uh, a money manager, fellow podcaster, just a generally all-around nice guy, small business guy. This guy, he's got you in his sights. His name is John Pugliano, and John, I want to welcome you here to the program, Modern Christian Men. Kale, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. To, to that list of uh, achievements, I'll add a couple more. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm a father. I'm a husband, and uh, and I'm a sinner. <laughs> you know, I'm far I'm far from perfect. Well, that's okay because uh, the the first one there, the Christian with Jesus, got you taken care of. We're all kind of recovering from who we uh, who we didn't want to beat, I guess, at one time, huh? That's exactly. I, I recover every day. <laughs> John, you've done a lot. You you spent a lot of time in corporate America to the point that you got your belly full of it and decided to come out and do your own thing. Uh, real quick, uh, what do you do to help people with their business and their finances? Well, in my normal professional job, I have my own investment firm, so I'm my um, I'm a money manager with my company, and I work with people that are building their wealth. I primarily invest in the stock market. And, um, that's not for everybody though. That's for people that have, you know, kind of, I, I kind of work with the millionaire next door people. Um, and that's what I do for a fee. But in my everyday life, I do things like host a podcast and try and tell people how to build wealth and that's free. It's kind of available to anybody. And, um, you know, I gear it down from the, the very simple people that are either just trying to start a business or, Someone that's trying to decide what college degree they should go after, um, but uh, you know I've I've been doing this for thirty some years, and I made a lot of wrong turns. I didn't have the internet, you know, in the mm-hmm. days when I started out, and there weren't any podcasts and things like that. So I try and uh, give a little bit of my wisdom to help people along their path, things that I didn't have. You know, it's it's always funny because you know the show's new, and people are going to be like, "Oh, Kel's already talking about money. He's going to pass the hat." 
You know, <laughs> that's not what we're here talking about, guys. Uh, really, we want to just. Uh, John came to me and said, "Man, I think I got something I can offer your audience." Uh, John's been on my ham radio podcast before. It's a great show. I'll link to that if anyone out there is interested in either of those things. Uh, but beyond that, John, um, you know, when it comes to money and Christianity, there's there's almost two very stark differences. You have those who believe that everything is prosperity, and then you have others that believe that uh, we're Christians, which is we should suffer through and just barely scrape by uh, to be good servants. Where do you fall out in those those two those two areas? Yeah, that's uh, that, that's something I definitely wanted to, to talk to you about, and I think that we have a, a message for the modern Christian man in that. You know, I think you have to take moderation in all things, and the people that try and call Jesus a money hater. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's true. I don't, I don't think he had socialist policies. You know, people, uh, people use scriptures to kind of come to their own, to, to justify their own conclusions and their own means. Yeah. And, um, so I don't want to do that too much either. Cause I'm obviously going to use them for, <laughs> for my, to justify my thing here. So I'm going to be cautious of that and warn people up front. But, uh, you know, generally when you hear people talking about the Bible and money in the same verse, you should probably hold your wallet and run tight the other, you know, run the other direction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's the people that say, you know, God wants you to be rich. And then there's the people that says, God wants you to be poor. I kind of think God doesn't want you to be anything. God wants you to be the man that you are. And, uh, in my way of thinking, though, I think that if you do follow the principles that the, the Christian principles, you know, more times than not, you'll be prosperous because mm-hmm. they are they are a prosperous thing. You know, the, the Ten Commandments aren't restrictions; they're kind of like a uh, a, a guide, right? I mean, they're, they're a guide for us to to be happy. They're a guide for us to to live our white life in a in a particular way, mm-hmm. and. Um, they can lead you to they can lead you to a very prosperous life. Yeah, that's one of the things that I found is as back in two thousand eight when the the rug was pulled out from us, although we were the ones doing the pulling, uh, it, it was hard to to determine really where we were because we had gone into business in the early two thousands, and everyone had free money or fake money, whatever you want to call it. It was so easy to get credit was just anybody could have it and have as much as they wanted, and they were spending it with us, and we were spending it along with them, spending it with us. And then when that kind of sucked up and and it went away with the big crash there in eight, um, everything changed and. You're like, wait a minute! I thought that uh, this was going good and and things were great, and now I'm not able to advance like I was hoping to, and I've got to basically start over from the ground. Um, and and one of the reasons that we had to start over from the ground up was because we had zero savings and we did we did nothing to protect ourselves to build investments or anything. Um, and even today, you know, we've had this eight years or sixteen years or even probably twenty four plus years of false recovery, false... We've had plenty of downturn, not a whole lot of up, uh, but that's really not even an excuse for what I'm trying to excuse, and that is that uh, we should be maintaining or at least doing something to work towards uh, protecting ourselves and our family as men, the leaders of our households. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, on the... Let me step back a second, and then I want to jump into that. You know, from a from the socialist point of view, some people will will look at the scriptures, they'll look at what Jesus said, and they'll say, "Hey, you know, in Matthew nineteen twenty one, Jesus was talking to the young wealthy man. He told him, give everything in the way of the poor and come follow me.' And so that's kind of the the socialist mentality of, hey, it's you just got to be poor, you just got to follow God and be poor. Uh, but you know, in my interpretation of that, I, I would say Jesus was specifically talking to that young man. 
And that was that young man's calling. But, you know, I don't know about you, Cal, but he hasn't necessarily called me into poverty and want me to go preach the gospel full time. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm a husband. I, I've been called as a husband and as a father. You have two. You have, is it five children you yeah, have? Yeah, I've got five. You've got more than me, though, yeah, I think, you, don't you? I've got six. I've got six, but mine are almost all grown. Okay. So it's I'm on the easy. I'm on the easy side of it. <laughs> um, so you know he's called us as he's called many others as husbands and fathers. And you can't just give it all away to the poor and not be concerned about tomorrow because you'll be broke and right. you'll be poor. And you got to hope that someone's going to give it to you then. <laughs> and so you know that other side of it on that prosperity side, I would look at parables that that Jesus talks about in in like Luke and Matthew where he, he talks about the talents and you know the master the master goes on a trip and he puts his three servants in charge of his of his finances or of his you know his goods mm-hmm. and when he comes back he judges their stewardship by how much of a gain they've had right by I means literally a profit the yeah. the guy that started out with five talents and he had 10 well he was a he was a good and faithful servant the the servant that had one and ended up with one, well, he was he was told that he wasn't faithful and that one was given to the guy that had ten. So I mean, I think you can clearly look at you know again. I I hate quoting Bible verses and <laughs> applying that to money, but you, I think you can look at that and say you know what has your master given you? I mean, in that parable, it was the master left things with the servant. Well, you know what has God given us? He's given us our health. He's given us talents. He's given us abilities. He's given us time, right? Mm-hmm. He's given us so many hours and days on the earth. He's given us the property that we own, our families, our friends, and I think we're supposed to make something of those. And and you know, part of that is is making money. Yeah. Uh, if the the world we live in, if you if you want to have health care, if you want to have food, if you want to be able to educate children, I mean, if you want to do all those things, it takes money. And so I I think that uh, God is not opposed to us making money really doesn't care what we do as long as it's a righteous thing, but we're here to have a gain, and we're going to be, I think, accountable for those things. Yeah, and, and you know, we as fathers and leaders of the household, now this is where it gets gray for Kale, because Kale hasn't worked outside of the home in 13 years. Uh, this is where it gets gray, but, I mean, you know, we're to be providing um, for our families, and people say, well, what about you, cuz? You hadn't worked in, a, you know, 13, 14 years. Well, uh, we don't have to pay anyone to cut our grass. We don't have to pay anyone to wash our dishes or do our laundry. You know, I mean, it's it's not the most glorious job, but it is a job, and it does contribute to the family. Uh, what about people? Yeah, and go, go right ahead. And I was just saying, I think you're going to get to the the, the two income families and someone staying at home, and what if it's the man? I guess is that yeah, kind of where you're going with that. Yeah. So you know, as a father, I do believe we're the, you know, we are. It's our stewardship. We're, we're the patriarch of the family. It's our stewardship to be in charge of our families. That doesn't mean that you have to do things stupidly, though, right? <laughs> that doesn't mean exactly. that, okay, I'm, I'm the man. I got to go out and make money. Well, if everybody, first of all, again, it comes back to the calling. What is your particular calling? What have you been called to do? Mm-hmm. I think if both parents could stay home, that would be better, yeah. right? I mean, I think if we, if we had the finances or, you know, in my case, now I work from home. I don't have to go out anymore. I, I work from home. But for, you know, close to 25, 27 years, I didn't. I was on the road a lot. I was a traveling sales guy or I was in the military or, you know, my wife was back home holding the fort by herself. Right. 
And, uh, and it was good that she was there and that's what we had to do to make things work. I had to go out and leave the home so I could make money. Um, and my wife was able to stay home and take care of the kids. Uh, but that's not the right thing for everybody. I mean, you have to figure out what, what you need to do. If you can't cover your bills with both of you, you know, with one of you staying home, then, then it's your responsibility. You have to have two incomes. Yeah. Two of you have to go, go out and work. You know, in your case, your stay at home dad, well, I, I think that's a wise decision. You've looked at your family situation and said, um, my Car- Carla is your wife. Yeah, Carla. Carla. Yeah. You've looked and said, you know, okay, Carla can make more money, uh, then me, if we nurture and grow and develop her business, that's going to be better to the overall income and net worth to my family than if you know you just go get a job working as an employee somewhere where you can be fired at any time or right. you know where you're subject to more of the whims of the economy. Well, to me that makes sense, and that's that's what every man has to determine what makes sense for his family, given the resources that he has and and what he's. Uh, uh, you know what he's what he's been called to do. You know, I, th- I think a lot of guys they just feel so overwhelmed, and really because they may be where I was at in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, where we had just accumulated so much debt. We had you know new cars and a huge house and and this great big business and all these things uh, that when at the end of the month there was a whole lot of days left, or at the end of the money there were a whole lot of days left in the month. And we've gotten ourselves there as as a generation uh, people who have been raised up with easy money, easy credit. Uh, it's a little harder to do nowadays than it was, but we're probably there's probably some of the guys listening that are still recovering from that or maybe going into some of these things they don't have that knowledge yet of recovery and learning how to get through that before you get there. You know, how is it uh, how how what's the best way for men to find themselves out of that before they get there so they're not neglecting their family and having to work 70 hours a week or two or three jobs or, you know, gone every Saturday to do a side job or something. What are some ways that they can kind of insulate themselves and make better decisions? Yeah, you know, we've got to, we've got to have that balance in our life. And a lot of that comes down to we have to earn we have to learn how to earn and we have to learn how to save. That's Those are some of the, you know, the free advice I give on my podcast about you need to, you know, people always want to invest and they want to get rich quick, quick, right. and they want to do these schemes and stuff. And, you know, people play the lottery that rarely works out. <laughs> the way things work out is it's, it's, you have to learn how to earn. Mm. So you have to be a good employee or you have to be a good entrepreneur. One of the two, right. you have, you know, God has given us all a skill, a talent, an ability. And if you develop that, and you I, again, I think you do it in, in a Christian way. You do it honestly. You do a fair, you know, fair days uh, a work for for what you're compensated for. Mm-hmm. You treat people properly. Uh, you, you have those kind of Christian attributes. I think that you are going to be able to earn a, uh, you know, a, at least an average income, right. if not above average. And um, and if you have the desire to go into business for yourself, that's even better because it it frees you up from. From having a boss, you become you become your own boss. You become your own your own uh, you know master of sorts, right. and so you can you can make even better decisions. But so you have to learn how to do that initial earning part, and then you have to have the discipline to save. And and when it comes to a family, you have to make those decisions. You know, is, is one of us going to stay home and watch the kid? Well, first of all, are we going to have kids? Are we going to yeah. get married and have kids? If we're going to have kids, are we going to have two incomes or are we going to have one? And you know, it, I would say in most cases, having uh, a spouse stay home, whether it's the husband or the wife, it's a sacrifice because 
we can all go out and have multiple jobs. And the more jobs we have, the more money you have to spend. So, so it's a sacrifice having that person stay home in, in one aspect. But in another aspect, sometimes you end up saving more money or being more prosperous by having one income. You know, because you've you've cut back on the material things, you're not spending as much as you would if you had two incomes, and you're also getting the benefits of, you know, raising your own children as opposed to putting them in daycare right. or, you know, having a home cooked meal because cows home cooking the food instead of, you know, just grabbing some fast food on the way home from work so you can feed the kids. Right. Um, you know, you're teaching your kids, you're 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 nurturing them, you're feeding them, you're doing all those things yourself, and that. You know, and it, that in and of itself is is a savings in a lot of ways, and it also affords you opportunity. You know, you you guys, your family can be trying to build a business because you know one of you is home taking care of the kids and one's building a business. That's ultimately the way I was with my business, because um, because I knew I had my wife there. She was the anchor of the family. She was there to make sure the kids were taken care of, you know, while I was out making money, she mm-hmm. was there making sure the family, but I didn't have to worry about the family. Right. And so that, that allowed me to make more money. I didn't have to worry about that part. And when it came time for me to want to start my own business, we had the resources put together and we had the strong family where I could make that happen. You know, if we were, if we, if my wife was working from day one, we'd have never built up that resiliency that would allow me to eventually start my own business someday. And so I think there's some synergies in that. There's you know th- those synergies and and having having the family stay together like that. But it comes to sacrifice, right? You have to have the discipline to save more than you make. Yeah. And and it's a sacrifice. It's a matter of being creative. Um, you're you're going to do without in one aspect, but you know you you learn to fill the void that you have. And so if you don't have a lot of money, you're probably not going to go to Disney World twice a year on vacation. <laughs> that, that doesn't mean you're not going to have fun time with your kids. doesn't mean you're not going to put a tent in the backyard and you know, sleep outside. It, it doesn't mean you're not going to go in the, out in the yard and throw a ball with your kids. I mean, those are the things they're really going to remember. They're, you know, yeah, they want to go see Mickey and the princesses and all that <laughs> stuff. But it, you know, it's, it's really the, when you get old, you know, again, I think back to you know, the time I spent in my family. It was the time I spent with my mother that was the, the the memories I have now, right? And it wasn't uh, it wasn't going on some fancy vacation, right. and so you can you can you're sacrificing in one way, but you're actually getting better results in the long run. But you have to you have to have that discipline, and um, families can be more economical too. Again, if you have a spouse at home that isn't working, you are giving up that income. But at the same time, if you're eating out less, well. That's a that's a big savings on your income if if you're cutting your own grass or if you're um, you know managing and taking care of the things around your home on your own you're not paying somebody else for that that's that's a big added expense and the the a, a dollar saved is a lot more than a dollar earned because the government's going to take thirty percent of the dollar you earn so <laughs> exactly you know so you're right. much you're you're much better off economizing and working as a family and families. They are just the most efficient economic unit. You know, I, when when me and my family went places, when I had six kids, we went everywhere in a minivan, right? We were getting the most gas mileage possible because there were six of us in that one vehicle, <laughs> right? We were we were all going to 
if we stayed in a hotel together on a vacation, well, then we were six of us staying in that room. Or actually, there was eight of us, right? Because yeah. me and my wife and six kids. So there was eight of us in the car. <laughs> we had eight miles per 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 or eight per, eight people per mile in yeah. the car. We had eight people in the hotel room. We had, you know, if when we went out to eat, we. Uh, maybe everybody didn't order their own entree, right? We split them up. The kids shared stuff. You're very, you, you act very economical as a family, but you still have a great time. I'll tell you a quick story. When my, my middle girl right now, who actually is uh, announced into the world here, no one knows outside of her family, but she's pregnant with my first grandchild, so I'm real excited about that. Congratulations, man. But, uh, yeah, I've been a long time. I've been waiting on some grandkids. But So when, when, when she was a little girl, though, she was about, I don't know, four or five and she went to a McDonald's for a party, and one of her friends was having a birthday party at McDonald's, and they all got a little Happy Meal. And when she got hers, she looked at it, and she had a burger and fries and a drink or something. She looked at it, and she said, you mean I get my own fries? You know, she, she never had her own fries, right? Because we'd buy an extra large and dump them on the table, and everybody would reach in and, and grab what they wanted. Yeah. And, um, but that, you know, that, that's the joy of having a family. Yeah, and it's 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 not that you have to just do without, but it it does make sense. You know, you're all traveling together. Uh, we just recently uh, swapped up our van for a little bit bigger van, so we'd have more room with all of us in it. So we're, you know, we're always looking for ways to do things together. And it's kind of weird too nowadays uh, for us. It at least looking at it from the outside or from the inside out. So a lot of people everywhere they go, the dad's driving his truck and the mom's driving her car and one of the kids is in one and they got one kid in the other. And I'm like, man, y'all were rolling down the road at 12 miles per gallon in two, two cars. <laughs> I mean, what happened to the family in the station wagon days, you know? Right. And that's uh, that's my age speaking, do- I guess. Yeah, well, we had a we had one of those one time. He sat in the back, facing the other facing way in the back. station wagon. Yep. Um, you know, you have to, and it's hard. It is hard to do in the world we live in because, you know, particularly if you have more than two kids, yeah. because um, the world is is set up for small families or no families. The world is set up for traveling baseball and soccer teams and. Mm-hmm. You know all these individual things, and it's it's hard to do things as a family. But if you do them, I think you'll be happier, and you kind of, uh, you know, in a way, having more kids is is better too because um, our kids kind of did things in clusters, right? So you know, the oldest two would kind of do things together, and the middle two would do things together, and the, the youngest two would do things together, or would all do things together. Right. And um, but that's the and again, as a, as a as a father, it is hard to have those conversations with your kids and say, Hey, you know, you're, you're not going to be on the traveling baseball team or you're not going to be on the, uh, we know the gymnastics or the cheering team or whatever, because you know, you, you want the best for your kids, but sometimes the best for your kid isn't that you're spending $4,000 on their hobby. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and one of the things before we, uh, before we wind up here, I really want to cover with you, uh, not that, kids uh, dude i could talk about kids for the next 12 hours matter of fact i could i would take more kids if my house was bigger let me just go ahead and get that out of the way now everybody's just vanished from the audience but <laughs> john one of the things that that i that i believe that most pastors are the most fearful of saying in a church during a sermon and that most people are afraid to talk amongst themselves about because either they don't understand it or they don't want to understand it is tithing now, my wife and I are very staunch believers in tithing because we've seen the benefits of that. And again, that could be a whole other series of shows we may get to one of these days. Um, talk to me a little bit about tithing 
for the modern Christian man because it's either not taught in church or it's mentioned every week in church and people are tired of hearing about it. But there's, there's got to be a balance there, and the balance is 10%. But tell me uh, your thoughts on tithing. Yeah, I think it's important that you pay tithing. I've you know paid tithing for over thirty years, pretty much ever since I've been an adult, and um, I think it's important. And it fits into that part of the discipline and the savings of you know saving more than you earn in order to pay a tithe. You have to save. You have to yeah. not. I can't live paycheck to paycheck if you're paying a tithe because you have to set aside your. Five percent, ten percent, whatever you pay, but before taxes, after taxes, you know, to me those are the sort of little details. I, I, I think a ten percent tithe is appropriate. Um, I'd encourage people that that feel that to, to to go out, you know, to do whatever they can to pay that. And again, whether it's before taxes, after taxes, take home pay, whatever, I don't care. Just just pay, pay your tithe. tithing. <laughs> You'll get a blessing. You'll get a blessing from it. But more important than that, too, it's part of that whole discipline we talked about. If you're Acknowledging that you're paying the Lord a share of your income, you're returning something to Him. It it makes you less greedy. It makes you less materialistic. It teaches you discipline, and those are all the things that you have to have if you really want to be successful, right? In, in my business, I can't be I can't be successful over the long term if I'm if I'm crooked or dishonest, because right. I'll either go to jail or lose my clients or both, right? Yeah. I mean, so I have to be honest. I have to. Uh, not be materialistic because if I was, I'd spend all my money trying to, you know, drive a big car and look like I had money, and then I wouldn't have any money to invest. <laughs> um, you know, I I I, uh, I have to practice what I preach and things in my business, right? And I think that's the same in everybody's business. If you want to be successful in your business, those principles like tithing—that's what makes you better because you, you you're not being greedy, you're not being materialistic. You know how to work a budget. You know how to you know, squeeze a couple pennies and come up with a dime. And um, I think tithing from, it makes absolutely no sense from a financial perspective. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it makes ultimate sense from a spiritual perspective and ultimately even from a, a practical perspective, because when you're spiritually healthy, you can become financially healthy. Oh, I like that, man. That should be your new tagline for your podcast. (laughs) <laughs> that was a great one. I like that, man. I'll have to write that one down. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll uh, make sure we highlight that somewhere. Paying tithes. Go go right ahead. And then I was going to say, you know, and that that falls right in with kids too, right? I, you know, I, so my oldest child is I don't know, thirty, going to be thirty years old this year. So I've, I've been raising kids for thirty years. I've been paying tithing for over thirty years. I I probably have a million dollars tied up in my kids, right? Not And not that it took a million to necessarily raise them directly, but the money that yeah. I would have had if I'd have invested that over 30 years, I'd have a million dollars. And probably, likely, same thing with tithing. I don't know if I invested enough in tithing to come up with a million, but over 30 years, pretty darn close to it, right? Because that's, that's an entire working lifetime. Yeah. So, so I've already foregone $2 million before I start getting to me, right? <laughs> but, but, but even with that, right, with a stay-at-home mom, with paying my tithing, with raising my kids, with doing all these things, I still manage to build that net worth, you know, in excess of a million dollars. And the good news and all that is when you do it once, it's easier, you know, that second million dollars is a whole lot easier to earn than the first. Yeah, yeah. And by, by, by raising your family and dedicating your life to them, 
and paying your tithing, these kind of things, it pays dividends. Right? It doesn't make sense financially. You can't put it on a balance sheet, but we're to invest in appreciating assets. You can't get rich quick. So you have to build a business that's going to have long-term value, or you have to invest in real estate that's appreciating in value, uh, or you have to invest in the stock, you know, stocks in the stock market that have appreciating value. Mm-hmm. Well, things like your children and your family have appreciating value, and they don't fit on a balance sheet, but um, you know, look look at successful people that you want to emulate that are in their 60s or 70s or 80s, and chances are uh, they have good family relationships, and that's where a great deal of their prosperity comes from. And so you're not going to have that unless you put in the time to invest in it and build it. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that I think we sometimes just forget or forego is that we're so caught up trying to catch up with our bills or our, our investments or even trying to get a second job to keep the keep the bread on the table that we miss the greatest investments that we have and that is you know our family paying into the in, a, in our tithe and our offerings at church uh, ministries being a part of ministry ministering to others with our finances uh, there there's yes. so much of that and because by by doing all those things you're building your talents and abilities, and then those talents and abilities have value in the marketplace. Yeah, and in the and, kingdom. In, and in the kingdom. Yeah. Yes, awesome. absolutely. I tell you what, John, it's, uh, it's hard sometimes to be 43 years old, still feel like you might be lined up behind the eight ball, but you can see around it. Um, and, and to be here, sending her off to work, to, to do her thing. I know a lot of guys don't live that way. And, and I know it's weird for me to talk to men sometimes because they don't live that way. Okay. I get it. But at the same time, your wife is leaving or your wife is watching you leave, let's say to go to work. And, uh, one of the best things we can do, I think together is to help each other, whether you're the one making it or you're the one not at home, you know, protecting the household, to work together on this thing and to share the responsibility and and be 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 real with each other and allow each other to be involved in where things are so that there's not like hidden things and uh, just here's your allowance for the groceries uh, you know it's ours you know, two become one I mean one is just singular so there's you know multiple accounts and stuff I, I'm not that guy I might be now me either my my wife my wife and I. We had one account and, you know, we had one paycheck and one account <laughs> and we, we worked, worked through those bills and those things as a team. Yeah. And that, that is so critical. Yeah. You know, it can't be my money and her money. It's, it's not going to work. I think we could do a whole nother show on that. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to do that with me sometime soon. I think that would be a good one there to, to discuss because I know a lot of guys, you know, they don't trust their wives for whatever reason. Maybe the wife don't trust the husband with the money, and then you got issues. And the and we know that the divorce rate in the church really is right, right about the same, maybe a little bit higher than outside the church nowadays. And a lot of that stems from problems with money. Now, I hope that what we've talked about has encouraged some guys to, to be able to maybe look at things from a different light and maybe even give them some ideas of things they could do, maybe do better or uh, even spur some conversation between themselves and their spouse or maybe their buddies as they try to figure this money thing out. Uh, but before we go, any any last words of advice that you could share with these men to encourage them where they're at now and uh, maybe 
move us toward the the next time that we can have you here with us. Sure thing. Well, hey, I would just encourage all the men out there, and even women too, if they're listening. You know, you got to start where you're at. You got to start today where you're at, and get rich quick schemes don't work. And maybe you made mistakes in the past, but that's okay. You can still get started in the right direction, and you start becoming successful the day you start. Right, the day you start making changes in your life is when you start moving towards that goal. And so you can say, hey, I feel like a failure. No, I don't feel like a failure. You maybe failed in the past, but if you get started today and you start applying those talents and abilities that you have, hopefully God will give you enough you know, years on the earth to, to, to make up for it. But if you get started today, you'll be headed in that direction. And if you don't get started today, you're never going to get there. So you know, get started today where you're at. I'll leave everybody with a Bible verse. Proverbs 13, 11 says, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. So, hey, it's a long-term process. You can't get rich quick. Work with what you have and constantly try and improve yourself with you and your wife and your family. Excellent advice for these guys. Listen, John Pugliano, We'll, uh, we'll put all of your links in our show notes so folks can get over to your Wealth Steading podcast, learn about some of the principles you teach there, and uh, continue to be encouraged by you. Man, I really appreciate you being here with us. My pleasure, Kale. Be happy to come back. Excellent, excellent. So one of the things John forgot to mention when we were recording the call a few weeks ago was that he has just released a new book, and I had no idea. I just He didn't tell me. So he did email me right before the show went live, so I wanted to mention it out here real quick. It's one that I want to read because it looks very interesting. It's called The Robots Are Coming, A Human Survival Guide to Profiting in the Age of Automation. Now, that doesn't have a whole lot to do with the topic here necessarily about modern Christian men, but John is a really great dude. I've spent some time with him in person. He's got a very giving spirit about him. He's, he's all about being a servant first. So if you're interested in checking out a new author, uh, give John's book a look. I'll have it in the show notes again. It's titled The Robots Are Coming by John Pugliano. Hope you enjoyed the program. Going to be back next time, and it's going to be a great show. Jason Romano from the new Sports Spectrum, <laughs> say that three times in a row, Sports Spectrum podcast is going to be on with me. Don't miss it. And again, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening, sharing the show. We hope that it's been an encouraging part of your week and look forward to chatting with you again soon. God bless you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Men podcast. You can find us online at modernchristianmen.com.